One year, I kind of got an idea, you know, I try trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Purpose and Game Magazine. There's structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon's ads. Information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because work it ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very much the same as the you got bogged down. They started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it gets sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, it was better. The Trapping Today Podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Jeremiah Wood. And we are brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Go to Cots Bros to find everything you need to get started on the trap line. Baits and lures, books and DVDs, traps and supplies. We're brought to you by Fur Harvesters Auction, where the world comes to buy wild fur. It's an auction house run by trappers, for trappers, and they are the premier fur auction house. Check them out at furharvesters.com. It's time to get your fur in uh, for the upcoming auctions. All right, guys, we got a great episode tonight, an interview with a trapper from Wyoming, Caleb Bunce. And Caleb is a relatively new trapper. He's been at it for a few years now. He's learning the ropes. He's going through a lot of the same experiences that uh, you guys, a lot of you guys are, are going through and I went through when I started trapping. So it's really cool to get a chance to talk with them. I'm really enjoying these interviews and have a few others lined up for you as well. Let's get into it. Caleb Bunce from Wyoming. How's the trap line going out there this season? Um, it's it's going good. It's been uh, definitely a challenge. Uh, been something uh, that's really tested my skills and my knowledge, but learned a lot at the same time. Yeah, so... Um, Wyoming strikes me as as just a kind of like a land of opportunity having spent just a little bit of time out there such a beautiful area uh so much so much land out there are you from Wyoming or have you moved there uh born and raised born and raised awesome so like generally what are your thoughts as far as how things uh how things have changed there over the years um well on the trapping aspect, I've only been in it, uh, let's see, this is my third third or fourth year now. Um, so not much has changed on that side. Um, there are changes possibly coming, um, but there's a lot of opportunity, um, a lot of uh, area, a lot of open area. We definitely have the lowest population, so that makes it easy to find some good land. Um, but as changes, I, I haven't seen enough in my little time frame to uh, be able to really, you know, compare it back, you know, 10, 20 years ago. 
Yeah, are are you in any of the areas where there's a big oil boom and there's uh, a lot of people have moved in? Um, I'm located out of Casper, um, so we're kind of central. Uh, we're one of the larger cities in Casper, but um, we've had a, a kind of fluctuates with the oil boom. Uh, more up north by Gillette in that area, uh, they have a lot more of the oil field uh, fields and stuff um, on the larger quantity size or scale size. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, there's a. It, it, I'm not really good with the the oil field side, so I don't know enough to. To say, you know, what's, uh, you know, what's increased, decreased. I know the uranium has gone down on the number of rigs and stuff out, but um, there's definitely a, a constant fluctuation of people coming and going. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I live in a state where everybody goes and nobody's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it kind of, it definitely goes with the oil, uh, the booms and cycles with the oil and gas. Okay, um, so you have a lot of a lot of new people coming in, and then all of a sudden things get slow and. Yep. Yeah. Huh. Right on. So what's your background with trapping? How'd you get into it? Um, well, I got out of, um, out of the fire service for some health issues and, a, a family friend that I was kind of helping out, uh, when I was younger asked if I wanted to kind of live on their ranch and just keep an eye on it, an elderly couple. And I was like, yeah. Hey, that sounds pretty pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. And so I moved out there and I knew a little bit about trapping. I didn't know a whole lot. And I got into the selling chicken eggs and stuff and uh, noticed I was getting uh, some predator activity. So I started doing some research and then trapping popped up and it's just kind of been, been a crazy train since then. (laughs) So you're like a, you're like a ranch manager. Um, I, I kind well, not really. Um, I just kind of, I guess the best way to say I dry watched it. Um, they had some livestock, some cows or a few cows, some horses, and I just lived out there, um, took care of them, made sure the property was good. Um, simple things like that. And then I actually worked in town at, uh, the local hardware store. Okay. At that time frame. And so you had, it was like foxes getting in with the chickens that you had, you were um, actually it wasn't any fox. It, uh, was more of the coyote, um, and a couple skunks really? that, uh, were, uh, trying to get in there. Um, did have one skunk get in. Uh, he taught me where a big hole was that I had never seen. Um, didn't catch him, but I did block that hole up and, uh, tried to get him a few times, but never, never could connect, um. And then the coyotes, they always seemed to show up just about the time I was going to feed in the morning. So I'd always have my rifle with me. Um, and then I thought, you know, I'm if I can do something when I'm not here to maybe try to catch these. and, and uh, Yeah, much more efficient. <laughs> yes. Yep. Get someone in the field even though you know, it's just me. So. Yeah. Yeah. So in how many years ago was that? Uh, that was, uh, let's see, that would have been uh, 15. Oh wow! Fall okay, of so, so you've you've been uh, you've been in the trapping for a while then. Yeah, about four years now. Yeah. Uh, almost five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 20, Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Right yes, on. sir. So so now you had kind of this year is a little bit unique, right? Um, it has definitely been a unique year for me. <laughs> so it sounds like you kind of uh, how was that progression from from four years ago when you just started to to now, you know, as as you you're kind of branching out as a trapper and you're doing a bunch of different things. How'd that kind of progress? Um, Well, when I first started, um, it was just kind of something to do on the ranch, you know, when I'd get home and then uh, 
I got more involved in it, started researching more, learning what the rules, uh, more in depth of the rules and regs were. And, uh, when I left the ranch, um, I still was like, I got a trap, you know, it's, it's fall time. I need something to do. So I started, um, finding spots I could go just public land at the time. And, uh, I actually had, um, a hip surgery, um, in the fall of 17 and the doc's like, well, you need to be up and moving and you don't want you to sit too long. So I was like, can I drive? He goes, well, you're cleared. So I told my dad, I was like, I got a crutch and a backpack. I'm going to go put some traps out. <laughs> and, uh, I would walk around with a bucket and a backpack and a crutch in one hand or a cane in the hand. And I just find a spot and, and set some traps. No, I kidding. think I only ran maybe eight or nine that year. Yeah. Um, probably in about a three mile stretch, um, just on some public land out uh, south of town. Yeah. And then, uh, it just kind of progressed from there. Um, and then I got into, um, the program that I'm in now, uh, to be a journeyman apprentice and, uh, didn't really realize, you know, what that all entitled. And, um, I got put on a job out of town and, uh, last a year ago, last December, so I kind of pulled my line and, and ended it there. And then this summer, I just started talking to some of the guys on the job that are locals and uh, talking with, we're working on a military base, and they're like, they are uh, like give permission out. And so I went and talked with uh, the people on the base and got some permission and was like, well, you know, it's something to do when I'm off work and it gets me out in the field, get some traps in the ground. And, you know, just I enjoy it so much that I had to find some way to do it. So you were, where, where you were working was quite a ways away from home? Uh, I'm about an hour and a half. Oh, not too bad. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I come down, uh, we work Monday through uh, Thursday, but I come down Sunday afternoon, uh, check my line when I've got it out, uh, go through everything. And then uh, we we have two houses that our company has uh, put up for us, and one of them has a garage. And so we've kind of made that our uh, my secondary. The fur shed? Uh, fur shed. <laughs> yeah, my away from home fur shed. Nice. Good company. Yeah, that yeah, my that. journeyman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, my journeyman, um, he's always wanted to do it, but he never had anyone to teach him. And uh, he goes, hey, I'll help you buy some. If you can help me buy some stuff, I'll uh, I'll help tag along. I said, always. So I've so never had he, anyone to go with. Is, is he, he's training you as far as work, mm -hmm. and you're training him how to trap. Yep. That's yeah, cool. we're kind of kind of an even partnership. He teaches me the work side, and I teach him the fun side. Nice, <laughs> nice. So, so you branched out and you like, so you went from running a few predator traps, um, around the ranch and then on, on some public land. And, uh, this year, like, like you'd mentioned in, in email, you had a set of goals that you wanted to achieve mm -hmm. for, and this was like different, like what you got into water trapping and all that. Had, how'd you come up with those goals? Um, I always try to push something, you know, try something new. I like to you know, just get my feet wet and something and just slowly progress. And I have, uh, I've done pretty decent, um, for, you know, the small scale size that I was running for the predator side. And I thought, you know, I saw a beaver and some muskrats one day and, uh, I've always been obsessed with mink. I just, I think they're the coolest little animals. Yeah. And I thought, man, I want to, I want to try to catch one. And so I just, you know, here and there started reading, uh, uh, forms online and books and, getting dvds when i could find them and just kind of progressed from there and this year it kind of all came together so so what were all these uh these new things that you and your your trapping partner have been able to accomplish this year 
Um, well, the biggest one was uh, running a successful coon line. Um, I usually, I think I normally I was running like maybe five or six DPs, um, a couple uh, footholds on the bank. Um, didn't really know what I was doing, what to look for. I'd see them in the summer and then they'd be gone in the winter. And I'd basically just have a trap sitting there and, you know, didn't really know what I was doing, but I was yeah. learning. Yeah. And uh, I got down here and uh, I just went for a walk one day um, along the the river just uh what i guess that would be west of town and i uh, just come across a bunch of tracks um and the, we kind of have a real sandy uh shoreline on the side of the river and i thought man this area is just it's just prime so i uh, started kind of just doing some research and looking uh, bought some uh dps my journeyman bought some dps and uh i went to the state trapping convention in august and uh picked up some uh some baits and stuff and uh some different things talked to some guys got some pointers what to look for and uh just kind of went for it and it's uh, been actually the best on the fur count it's the best year i've ever had so nice. far nice nice awesome uh, and you you caught a mink i did um that one i actually caught in my backyard in casper um I'm renting a, my girlfriend and I are renting a house from her aunt, um, and it was her great grandmother's house and, uh, they wanted to keep in the family, but no one wanted to move in. So we got a, a thing set up and we moved in and I found some, some coon and some skunk signs. So I thought, you know, you do a little, little, uh, trap line around the house, something to do on the weekends and stuff when I'm in town and in town for work. And, uh, I put out a couple, uh, traps for coons. I took, a. uh, three inch crowded plastic body put a bobby pin in it and put it on the pan because i'd seen some crowded and i thought yeah oh, you know catch a coon or something and the very next day i had a my first mink in it nice <laughs> it was a little uh one and a half deep one and a half on a drowner cable and yeah it was uh definitely a shock i never would have expected that to happen <laughs> that is pretty cool yeah yeah and uh and the, the coon trapping skunk trapping that's still going on uh doing a little bit um with the holiday break and stuff um and uh, i was actually out of out of the country last week for a, uh, christmas so i've my line's all um, down right now um and then uh probably midweek this week i'll get it put back out and, and check some new areas um i've got a, a lead on some property some private property here in town for uh some late season coyote trapping um uh, possible so, uh, yeah, we're just, uh, slowly getting back into it now that, you know, the holidays are over and getting back into a normal schedule. Yeah. Get snow on the ground. Yes, we do. Uh, we actually got, uh, three inches last night. Uh, we've got probably, well, we've got the wind, so we've got a lot of drifts, which seemed to be right where most of my traps oh, were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I did not uh, plan enough, so I'm already out of wax dirt, so I'm doing some alternative <laughs> methods. <laughs> what are you, what are you, what are you using? Um, I've been doing, uh, trying some, um, of the, I've got some, uh, seat cushion foam that I bought at a craft store and basically made some underpants, um, just something to kind of go underneath. Um, I'm using the wax paper. Um, I've tried, uh, doing the whole anthill technique, yeah. uh, found some anthills, did that. Um, that actually did work, um, on one of my raccoon sets. Uh, the anthill sand actually worked, uh, surprisingly really well. Yeah. So, if it doesn't get rained on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's been surprisingly an actual winter this year usually we have a real cold burst and then it warms up and then february through march we get a lot of our snow but we've had snow pretty much since end of november mid to end of november now when the wind blows there is it 
is it a, a warm wind or a cold wind? It's a cold wind. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's 21 degrees right now. Wow. That's uh yeah, that's rough. See, I, I was in Montana for several years, but every, most of the wind there was out of the South. Um, mm-hmm. and they're mostly Chinook winds and they were, it was middle, middle of the winter, the wind would pick up and it would go from, you know, zero degrees to 40 degrees overnight and melt all the snow. Uh, it, which, you know, I hated the wind, but it wasn't too bad when it was 40 degrees. I, uh, yeah, it's a whole different story when it's 20 degrees. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, uh, river side, we had a big storm right over Thanksgiving and I had pulled my line, um, just cause I knew the storm was coming in. I thought, okay, it'll be fine. And, uh, I left, uh, uh, two conna bears I had, uh, we've got this beaver that has been taunting, taunting us on the river and, uh, <laughs> It's uh, It's been a challenge. Um, it's a very sandy, open bank. There's not a lot of cover right to the water. Um, they drop the water um, significantly in the winter. And we've been out there checking coon traps, and this beaver will and turn around. He's right behind us on the bank eating a stick. And he's within 10 yards of us. Um, <laughs> I think the closest I was probably within six, seven feet of him. And I don't know if he didn't see me or what it was, but he's just sitting there gnawing away um, on this little sandbar. And, uh, I went up there about a week ago or I guess two weeks ago when I was down here last and, uh, it's froze solid now. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to change our plan this, this second round and, uh, do some different techniques, try to see if we can catch him. My journeyman's very set on wanting to get him as his first beaver. So yeah, do some we're going to give it, give it a go. Trapping. We're going to try, we're yeah. going to see how we can do it. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting with the river. Um, do they keep the water at the same level throughout the winter or does it fluctuate? Um, so far we've noticed it's been pretty steady um, the, about the last month and a half. Um, we're in, they drain it pretty low. So the main body of it's all rock um, and stuff into town, but this is just one real large deep pocket um, right off the, um, right out of the little Canyon area. And uh, it's, it, it goes uh, from about ankle deep to about knee deep. And then it goes over my head. And I'm oh, about wow. six foot, so it just drops off, um, and it's a perfect little spot. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely been a challenge uh, not having the brush to cover things and and set some things uh, like what I've seen read in books and on movies and and internet and everything. So it's it's definitely been a challenge, but uh, I like a challenge, so we're gonna give it our best. Yeah, and you you did catch some beavers earlier, didn't you? I did. Um, actually, back in, in Casper, uh, a buddy of mine, an old an old buddy of mine, uh, found out I was a trapper and uh, called me one day and was like, dude, these beavers are causing some damage. I need some help. And I was like, I, I've never done it, but, you know, I'll Isn't give, you, give it the best I can. Isn't that funny how quickly they find out you're a trapper? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't talked to him in, I, th- I think it was like eight or nine years. He lived in California for a while, and then all of a sudden he moved back, and I had a, a picture of me trapping, and he's like, dude, I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> it just opened up the door. Nice. Yeah. So that one is, uh, that's about, uh, I think, six houses up from actually where my house is on the same creek I caught my, my mink in. And uh, went up there, and we bought, he bought the traps. He's like, I'll buy whatever you need. You just, wow. let's, I just want him out of here. And I was like, okay. So went up there. And, uh, the hard part is the main body of the pond and the dam is on another uh property owner's property. Um, and so I've got permission for his, I haven't been able to meet the, uh, the other owner yet. So, uh, we've just been using his property 
but they uh, they come down and they've plugged up their culvert and it's just washing out. And last year they almost lost the the culvert. It, it washed out about a about a big old five foot hole in the side of it. So we uh, got down there that night about five thirty um, in the dark, threw some waders on, and I said, "Well, let's put a couple of bears out." And uh, we bought some uh, Bridger number fives yeah. um, and uh, made a banks uh, or a hole in the dam made a drowner cable on a big cement block and tossed it out. And I said, well, let's see what happens. Um, not going to promise anything, but we'll try it. And uh, the next morning we walked up there and my buddy was like, well, I don't see anything. And I said, you don't see it right there. And he goes, see what? And I reached down and pulled it out and he goes, we got one. And I think he was more excited than I was. <laughs> you might've might turned him into a trapper. <laughs> he, uh, he's definitely uh, been asking a lot more questions. That's funny. <laughs> so, and then uh, about, uh, I guess two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, I was lucky enough to pick up the second one in that same set. Um, another big, uh, big one out of there, uh, was about 38 pounds, I think 35 pounds, something nice. like that. Yep. So yeah, I'm, uh, definitely liking the, the water trap and it's, uh, more traps on the ground gives me another challenge, another opportunity. So. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. It, it's, uh, it's amazing how quickly your confidence gets a bump as soon as you get, make that first or second catch. Oh, absolutely. Like you're, you're setting that foothold, especially for like a dam break set. And you're like, okay, am I putting this in the right spot? Is this just going to, you know, they're going to cover this up with vegetation or something, or is he going to go over the top of the trap or, or go around the trap? And then when you catch him, he's like, oh, wow, I guess that works. Yeah. And it was actually funny because uh, we reset it and we hadn't had, we had a big coal scent come in and it's kind of weird. The, the main body of the main dam actually is about six and a half feet tall from where we are. Wow. Um, it's just been built up over the years. Um, and, uh, so they have to come out of that, come down and then they come into the lower area where we're at. And, uh, we had checked it for two or three weeks straight, just constantly. He checked it every morning when I was, when I was gone, he'd check it for me. And then when I was home, you know, I check it and adjust what I needed and uh, we hadn't had anything. And then we got a, a warm burst one day or one weekend and I was doing some stuff, uh, with a program in town and, he called me and goes, I think we got something. And I went down there and I looked and I said, nope, we, they, uh, they buried our trap. And they, they put about two and a half uh, <laughs> feet of, of mud and, and twigs and everything. They buried that sucker deep. Nice. So we uh, got back in there, tore it down again, uh, repositioned it, and then, uh, and yeah, redid it. And then I think it was about a week after that is when we caught that second one. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And we've caught two muskrats out of there as well. Nice. In that same trap too. <laughs> really? Yeah. A little big for a muskrat, but it worked. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Well, it'll drown them pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did. It, it, I never would have thought I'd catch a muskrat in a bridger number five, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it does a good job. <laughs> <laughs> do, do the beavers, uh, seem to respond very well to caster, um, in that area? I haven't done a lot with it yet. I do have some, uh, the spot we've got, um, sadly with the way the water freezes is it stays more open on that dam side and where the culvert is. Um, so I don't have a spot really that I could do a good caster mound. Yeah. Um, right now with the ice and the, and the amount of sticks there, um, this weekend or next weekend, we're going to go in there and pull up a, a lot of the stuff that we've pulled out already, get it out of there and then uh, see if we can't maybe do a second one on the side with a caster mound and give that a, give that a go. See what we can do. Good. So you got a pretty long season there, huh? 
Uh, we do. We do. Um, I Usually I kind of give up around mid-February or so on the predators and stuff. And I think that was kind of one of the main reasons I got into the the water trapping was I think I actually came across one of your videos on under ice beaver trapping. Yeah. And uh, I thought, man, that'd give me some more time in the water and or some more time on the trap line and some more furs in the shed and kind of just that's I think that's kind of how it just started was just little little videos here and there that would perk interest and finally I had an opportunity and I thought you know what I'm gonna do it now you're doing it (laughs) now I'm doing it yep so did you have uh, any old timers or mentors that that helped teach you how to trap in, in your area um, not on the trapping side. Uh, my neighbor, when um, I was doing, uh, when I got into the trapping, when I moved back um, in with my folks after my hip surgery, uh, my neighbor was a taxidermist for 20-something years. And uh, we were talking one day, and he goes, well, hey, if you get anything, you know, I've got a beam and a, a flushing knife, you know, I'll help you out. And I said, oh, that'd be awesome. And I went out that first day, put out, I think, six traps. And on the way into town, um, I had seen something in the road, so I pulled over, and it was a, a fresh roadkill coon. And it was in good shape. It wasn't destroyed. And I thought, hey, you know, it'll be a good way to practice skinning them out. You know, I'd never skinned a, a coon or anything out before. I'd done, you know, deer and elk and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I'd never done anything for uh, for a pelt-wise um, as a fur, uh, trapper. And so I picked it up, took it home, and skinned it out. And I had a couple, a couple little nicks in it where I had gotten a little too aggressive with the knife and uh, took it over to his house and uh, he taught me how to skin it and or how to flush it out and then taught me how to um, stitch up those little markings or little holes that I had put in it and stuff and uh, he actually loaned me his his stuff for about two years and then um, this year I, I went and bought um, a bunch of my stuff at our uh, local convention that we had yep. so, so you got he it. was probably the biggest help that for sure was just someone to teach me how to do the 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 handling side of it after you get the animal. Yeah, it's a, it's a entirely different animal with the fur handling side of things. You think you, you know, you got all so many things to learn, just catch the animals. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Oh, what do I do with this fur? You get, there's a whole pile of, it's a, it's like a, just an entirely different, um, it's like learning to trap all over again. Learn to handle. It trap. is. It is. Yeah. I, I was so, uh, I think I did, uh, did a couple, gouges with the flushing knife you know getting too aggressive or the wrong angle or pulling it one way or the other and um but that's i think right right now that's kind of what i've been drawn to most is doing the actual fur handling side of it that's why i love doing that part um just seeing the finished product come out yeah yeah i actually have a fox and a raccoon um in the freezer back in um at my house and uh, the fox, I am trying to try to get it done this weekend. It's been crazy with breaking everything. Um, I got it last year, but uh, I'm going to get that one tanned. And then uh, I wanted to try to make some uh, earmuffs for my sister and my mom nice. for Christmas. Um, so I'm going to try doing the whole home tanning thing and, and uh, try to make something out of my you try to sew it up yourself? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. We're going nice. to see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not very uh artistically skilled so i i won't even dare to do it but i i like the idea of sending you know getting more stuff made out of fur that i catch i think i think that's yeah. a good um that's that's a, a good thing to do it's just uh it, it, because the prices of the fur are so low right now it's it's really uh this is a good time to do it yeah and um actually uh it was funny we ran into uh, my journeyman's been buying up some traps and you know finding things on classified ads and 
uh, we found a guy in Torrington, just it's about uh, 20 miles down the road from where we're at for work. And uh, we went down there one night and we were talking. He bought some traps and he said, you guys do any home tanning? And I said, well, I'm going to do some this, this spring probably or maybe this winter if I get some time. And he's like, well, I got a couple of blue coons you can have if, if you want to practice on them. Nice. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly take some. So he gave me one and we're going to we're gonna fiddle around with it and see what we come up with. Yeah. So Good. my goal is to have a pelt of every animal, one pelt of every animal that I've caught of every species yeah. um, just for my own little collection. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, do you do you have a place locally to sell your fur? Um, I was selling to Pesca um, yep. the last two times I've sold. Um, I was gonna try to send to uh, NAFTA this year. I got met a guy at the convention, but uh, that's no longer an option. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna try to send some up to fur harvesters. Um, but uh, yeah, we're uh, locally there. There's a few guys local, um, but. Uh, I'm not sure which which direction I'm going to go with all of them. I'll probably keep a few for myself. And yep. um, my journeyman's like, yeah, I'm going to keep all my pelts this year. His kids are really intrigued with them, and they each want one. So he's uh, he, right now he's got enough to keep keep that family happy. He's like, but I, he wants to get a couple more. Hopefully, we can get a bobcat or a coyote um, before season's over. But uh, that area is kind of hard to get to right now and the roads are all dirt and they're not plowed or, or opened up so it's kind of hit and miss if we can get up there so we don't have any anything up in that area right now so I'm, I'm guessing it's like a lot of what i ran into in montana is the snow is drifted in places where you would need a snowmobile to get through but then once you get past into certain areas the the, the wind has it blown down to dirt and so you can't really yep. use a snowmobile so you, it's uh uh, short of having like a, a ATV with tracks on it, it'd be hard to really get around those areas. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, six and one half a dozen in the other, uh, just trying to get to locations or get to areas. And that's kind of how uh, I got this lead on this property just inside, outside of town. Um, one of the guys, local guys, uh, we were just talking one day and he's like, well, when the weather gets too bad, come hit me up and uh, I can probably get you at my parents' place. And, and he goes, I know there's coyotes and stuff that run around all out there all the time. So I was like, hey, I'm definitely down, you know. Nice. Can't catch it if you don't have steel on the ground. That's right. That's right. That's some pretty neat country. So it looks like the, from the pictures you sent, there's there's some burned over, uh, burned over ground. And then just uh, kind of just, I don't know, uh, sort of rim rock and sagebrush and open yeah it, it kind of just it kind of covers all aspects it's really rocky and then it's just perfect soil and then it's uh kind of the burned over area and yeah it's it's definitely um new country for me i've never it, mo most of the areas i've trapped are low flat around farm fields um sagebrushy country so it's uh that's been one of the biggest challenges was just kind of reading the lay of the land and, and figuring out where we could go with what we had and, and just learning that aspect of it yeah, figuring out maybe where the where the cats and coyotes are traveling, and uh, I'm sure the snow helps with that. If you can yeah, that. yeah. If we can get out there, I'm I'm hoping maybe we can uh, get out the this prospect here in town and, and see some sign because we went up there after the first snow, uh, and it's actually the military base property, so they've got several different zones, but they're constantly doing active training and stuff. So we. We have to call in every day for the next day's permission to get in, oh, okay. and they'll tell us what areas are closed and open. And 
the areas that we're in, they don't do a lot of training in, in those two areas. Um, so we've been trying to get in there to see, you know, tracks and see what's going on. And uh, after the first snow, we realized like, there's like no rabbit tracks. There's nothing. We're like, man, did we get like the skunk of the pick? <laughs> and, uh, then after that snowstorm melted, then the rabbits kind of popped up and we started seeing a lot more rabbits and stuff. And then, uh, the next sto- uh, storm came in and it just, the one picked up and yeah, the roads are hit and miss if they're open. Uh, we do have permission to use an ATV, um, if need be. Uh, but we have to contact the base and get permission from them. So that way the game warden that patrols that area um, will know that we have permission to have that on there. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of, a lot of little rules we got to follow and stuff, but uh, definitely, definitely something different than what I've been used to. And my dreaming, uh, he's just, he's like, Hey, you, yeah, let's just do it. Let's find a way to make it work. So that's what we've been doing. Yeah. It's good having someone else to help keep you motivated. It is, and you know he sees things differently because, like, like you've always talked, you know, trapped like a kid. He, you know, this is all new. So he's like, well, how about this, or maybe that. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I walked right by a spot, and he's like, hey, this spot looks really good. He has kind of some trails right here, and I was like, oh, I never even saw that. <laughs> and it's different for me to have someone with me because it's always just been myself, kind of going out just as you know something to do for fun. And yeah. but it's nice to have someone to pick and give ideas to each other, and you kind of talk off each other. So. Do you have do you have much BLM land around there? Um, where we're at for workside, we don't. But up um, by my house, there's a lot of BLM land. That's actually the land that I was trapping on when I first started. Okay, yeah. Uh, was a lot of that, and then we have uh, a lot of state land. Uh, but we have some regulations that we have to go through to get permission for that um, for using the state land side. But uh, BLM land, yeah, you can pretty much just uh, go out and go on to so that's where a lot of the the public land trappers are so there's a lot of pressure on those sides but uh definitely possibilities it's just finding the right locations yeah yeah they chasing cats and coyotes mostly because of the high price um mostly coyotes yeah um i do run into a couple cat guys every now and then hey have you seen any cats any cat tracks i said i i've seen coyotes but uh yeah, the very first thing I ever caught actually was a bobcat, and uh, I was just focused on fox and coyote. I didn't even think about bobcats, <laughs> and uh, I was on my crutches still, and I had to set out for about two weeks, three weeks, and hadn't had anything. You know, no sign was coming in, so I thought, oh, I'm going to pull this and move and just you know see where, where I'm going, and I drove up to it, and I got out of my truck, turned around, and this bobcat sprint jumps out of the bush. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I wish someone could have been there to see me, because I'm sure I'm sure I, I stumbled and jumped back. It caught me <laughs> off guard. But, uh, yeah, that was the first thing I ever caught was a bobcat. Um, of course, I didn't have my uh, fur trapper, so I didn't have uh, the license to catch it, and it was about a week too early. Okay, so, um, so you, need, you don't need a license to trap coyotes? No, coyotes and fox, um, they're all uh, predator side okay so they're not they're not considered a fur bearer like a bob no sir okay yeah and so are, are your cats are, are they a pretty high quality cat um by what i've been told they are um i've after that cat i've never caught one since um so i haven't had a chance um but talking with people that have caught some and and what they've been getting for them they're coming out pretty good um on the upper upper side yeah, I imagine your coyotes are good as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first coyote I got, um, I actually got on a step over set. wasn't even a dirt hole. Um, it was just the spot called for, didn't call for a dirt hole, and I couldn't figure out how to set it. So I just put two sticks down, put my trap right in the middle, and I put a 
little stick with some uh, gland lure on the side of it. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, she stepped right over the stick. Beautiful female. Um, very first one I ever caught and kind of kicked myself. I, I sold it that year to kind of help offset the cost. Yeah. Um, sold that one. I sold that first year. I had, uh, five fox, one coyote, uh, one green muskrat and two coons. So, yeah, I, I regret selling all those when I first started trapping. I sold most of what I caught just for the same reason. Just try to offset some of these costs, but I wish yep. I would have kept one of each at least. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I got that one cut, and I was like, oh, man, I still got plenty of time. I'll, I'll get another one, and uh, here I am uh, going into year four or five and uh, <laughs> haven't caught one since. Yeah. But that's, you know, it gives me a challenge and it gives me a goal to pursue. And, um, you know, with the, with work and stuff and checking at night, cause you know, but we go to work in the dark and we get off work at dark and, and so I'm, I'm not running you know, the length of line I would like to run, uh, just for time and, and constraints like that. But, um, if I can get this permission, this property closer to town, um, I, I might be able to get a good, you know, dozen or so out. Yeah. 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 That's good. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing is that that time management trying to figure out how how to how to keep running a trap line in between work and family and everything else yeah my uh my girlfriend bless her heart she uh she's you know she didn't grow up at all in the in the outdoors fishing hunting stuff like that and uh she actually uh, went on her first elk hunt this year with archery season she got into shooting archery with me um just 3d shoots and uh she got into went on her first elk hunt um this year and and uh, she's been uh, super understanding and helping with the, the trapping. And she comes home and there's something laying on the table in the garage. And she's like, what did you catch today? And uh, she shows just, just enough excitement that I can tell she's intrigued, but she's not yeah. quite sure what to think of it yet. <laughs> yeah, so. well, give it time. Maybe she'll be wanting to go check traps with you. She's uh she did go out with me last year. I was running a little a little muskrat line on the river yeah. um, in town. And she would, uh, I'd get home and I'd be like, Hey, I got to run out. And she's like, can I go with? I was like, yeah, of course. So we'd throw her, throw the two dogs in the truck and we'd all go out there and drive around some dirt roads and stuff. And it, it was fun. It's just good, you know, back road country fun. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That, um, now you've, tell us what you've done with the, uh, Wyoming Trapper Association. Um, so I got involved with that, um, Actually, the year, let's see, that would have been three years ago I went to their convention, um, stumbled across it uh, online, and it was in uh, Lusk, which is about an hour and a half from where I live. So I thought, you know, I'm going to run down there for the day, see, you know, what it's all about. Never had been to one, didn't know what they were about, what they, you know, what went on. And uh, I got there that morning, and uh, they were doing a, starting a demo, so I went over and started watching that and realized I didn't have a notebook, so I was like, putting things in my phone and trying to like make quick notes and yeah. take videos. And, um, then I went inside and, uh, found out, you know, about the, what the program was and the organization and everything and signed up for that. And then, uh, I've just, you know, I've gone every year and, uh, this year I went to, uh, the convention, they moved it to the West side of the state in rock Springs. And I thought, you know, um, I'll go, you know, just give a hand and, you know, see what's going on, you know, talk to everyone. And, yeah. I've always had the thought that if you're going to take part in an organization, you know, the benefits and being part, you know, try to give back as much as you can. And I was going to talk to the president about, you know, what's something I could do to help out. And, uh, they were doing a, a meeting and uh, they run it, uh, running for offices. Well, they didn't have anyone signed up or, uh, anyone for region, uh, 
uh, five for Casper. And uh, we were just, I was sitting there talking with my friend that had went with me that is also a first time trapper. And uh, we were just sitting there talking and uh, all of a sudden I hear my name and I looked up and eat my piece of pizza and they're like, do you accept the nomination? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> well, she had nominated me because no one was from Casper. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, sorry, I'm not paying attention. I'm eating lunch. And they told me kind of what involved. And I said, yeah, I'd love to, you know, if I can give back and, and step up and, you know, take a role to, you know, keep the organization going, I'd love to. So I started that, uh, took that position in uh august wow well congratulations so yeah it's uh kind of funny that i was going to go and talk about what i could do to help with the organization and came yep. back with an office position there you go <laughs> but yeah, well, i've got uh, some it's often, some ideas and goals oh it, go ahead oftentimes it's hard to to get to find people for those organizations that you know it's it's volunteer and everybody has has time limitations and uh so yeah i mean that's that's it's a good opportunity, you know, in a lot of cases, someone might say, well, that guy can't be a director. He's too young or, or, you know, he hasn't been trapping for 30 years, but at the same time, mm-hmm. um, you're not finding a lot of people that are, that are willing to step up. Um, that's, that's awesome. Just, you know, get somebody in there that's willing to, to, to go through it and, and volunteer their time. And you probably have a lot of, a lot of ideas and, and thoughts on, on how, uh, how they can do things in the organization that could, uh, that could bring a good perspective. I, I, I do. Uh, my friend that was there actually on the way home, we were sitting there talking and, and, uh, the one thing we noticed was, um, the m- amount of young kids that were there with, you know, with their dad, they do it for fun or for livestock protection or, you know, whatever reason they, they were there. It was cool to see a lot of the families. And, uh, I was sitting there talking uh, with my friend one night and, and, uh, we're just, you know, what, what could we do that, you know, maybe we could get kids involved, you know, something that would be more for the kids, you know, maybe there's like one kid like me that doesn't know anything about trapping, but, you know, finds it intriguing, you know, loves the old mountain man ways and, you know, he wants to get into it, but he doesn't know how to start. And uh, lo and behold, I found a gentleman, came across a gentleman in South Dakota that started a program working with the uh, state uh, 4-H department, the wildlife uh, fish department, and then this uh, their state trapper association in South Dakota. And they created a little program uh, where I think it was six counties this year they were working with, and uh, they would teach the kids um, the, the traditions and the ethics and the conservation and everything, and then each kid got a bag with uh, their own little trap supplies. So they got so many um, traps, uh, like one they got a, like a 110, um, some footholds, some anchors, um, a bag, a uh, driver, hammer, towel, things like that. And then they would run their own little trap line and then they would come back um, to the group. And it was ran by one 4-H director and then one member from the Trapping Association. And they would teach the kids how to put the furs up and the pelts and everything. And then they would come back at their convention that this coming year and they would have a contest. And the best pelts in each category would receive a, sco- a scholarship. Hey, that's pretty cool. And so I, I messaged him, and I haven't had a chance to talk with him and, with work and everything going on, but it's kind of something um, that I was kind of thinking of doing too. So I'm getting things ready to go down that route, um, but uh, just been focusing on work and trying to get you know everything else under control and kept in line. So yeah, got some ideas and you know some things. And uh, my girlfriend actually, um, she's a, a fifth grade teacher. I'm in town and, uh, she loves working with kids and we were talking about it one night. 
we've got a, a two-year-old uh, standard Aussie, and his name's Apollo. And uh, we were just joking one night, and I thought, how cool would it be if we wrote a kid's book about trapping? And she's like, well, how would you do that? And I was like, I don't know, and started talking, and uh, she one day called me, and she says, I got it. I figured it out, and gave me this whole spiel, and she's uh, kind of coming up with this idea on a little kid's uh, animated cartoon book with our dog, Apollo, um, and a little boy named Pete. And it's like Pete and Apollo's trapping adventures. Nice. And and then, they, you know, they'd go along and Apollo's kind of the mischievous little puppy, but, you know, follows his, his little buddy Pete around. And and then, uh, you know, Apollo would be the have little snippets in there that would, uh, you know, give facts about the animals or about, you know, the species or the history of trapping and stuff like that. So it's just something we've been working on. It's definitely in the preliminary round right now. But, uh, yeah, we'll see uh, see how that goes. I'm kind of hoping we can maybe get something to, to come out of that. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. And uh, you you may also have the opportunity to take some of those tan pelts into the classroom and, and show the kids. And that's actually uh, her uh, teaching partner uh, found out that um, I she was you know telling him she's like well they were talking about me and stuff and uh, she mentioned that I was there and she's like man would he want to come in and talk to the kids and you know do a demo or you know bring some of his pelts in and stuff and she's like well he doesn't have any pelts right now but uh, he's gonna have some soon you know and I'm sure he would love to and. I've always, you know, if I can give it back to the next generation, you know, just keep that cycle going. It's the best thing we can do. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, um, have you had any other, uh, ex- you, what, what else has been your experience like being a director? Are there other things that you've had to deal with? Um, um, I haven't. Um, as a director, you know, it's basically the way they, they have it set up is the director is kind of the, the liaison for that area. So if there's, questions or concerns on them they can contact them and then you know i can con- get a hold of who you know who could help that situation out um they told me you know it's it's a limited process thing that you know you might get three maybe three to five calls a year you might get two calls yeah um so i haven't done a whole lot on that side of it um but uh this coming spring i want to want to talk with the president and just, you know, kind of, you know, get what his direction for the club is and just see what, you know, what we can come up and, and, you know, just build our, our program. Cause when I met that trapper in Torrington, he didn't even know that our state had a, a program or a, an association. Oh, wow. Wow. And so that kind of shocked me. And I was like, man, we, you know, we need to do that. And they've talked about, you know, doing a newsletter, maybe, um, uh, like a quarterly newsletter or something. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, yeah, if you guys get that going, send me a copy. I'd definitely be interested. So, um, just trying to, to get the name out there and let people know that we're here and, um, what we've, what we're here for and, you know, to help other chapters and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, sadly in, in a lot of cases, trapping associations only get active when the trapping's under threat. Um, and, and so if you're constantly under threat of losing your trapping rights, uh, you odds are you're going to be you're going to join the association. The association is going to be active and trying to lobby to to keep you know trapping. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems that Wyoming is in a position where it, there aren't as many threats uh, to trapping in the state. Um, you know, very very conservative state, uh, heavy with uh, lots of lots and lots of livestock. Um, and, and uh, landowner concerns that that would, uh, you know, not, not a lot of people that would want to ban trapping there. But, um, you know, things change. And, of course, mm-hmm. you've got, I, I don't know if, if you've heard much about 
this thing going on in Jackson um, with, uh, well, there's just, there's a lot of people that, a lot of people that have moved into the area and, Mm -hmm. and want, and are not too excited about trapping, especially uh, trapping in areas where they, they walk the dogs or ski or, or any of that stuff. So um, that, you know, that's creeping in and, and it's, it, to me, it, it does make sense to, to be a little bit proactive in terms of trying to, to get ahead of things and, and educate people before you're in a position where, oh, man, what are we going to do? We get this ballot um, thing or this this law that's being passed that, that we got to deal with. And that was the one thing I learned with um, when I was in that meeting, um, you know, just paying, you know, listening to what the club has done. And we work really close with the, the local game and fish department or offices and stuff. And so we've done, um, helped them a lot with, uh, research and, and, uh, numbers. And, um, I found out that our state, I believe does not have a designated fur biologist. Okay. Um, specifically. And so, um, it's several biologists, you know, that work together and stuff. So a lot of the numbers and the reports they get, they get from the trappers. Um, they did a big bobcat study, um, a couple years back. I don't exactly remember when, uh, but we helped uh, pay and fund for, uh, help pay for that, to, you know, to help go along, nice. so we could have numbers too, so we could have the knowledge and the, the information, and and just know what was going on, and and just one is it helps us to know, but it also allows them to know. So you know, when we do have those issues with people that aren't, um, I guess, connected with the land in a way, um, we can you know say, hey, well, our numbers are showing this, our our science-based information is showing this, and just have that little stronger uh, standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, Hey Caleb, that was great to get a chance to get your perspective and uh, hear your story. Um, anything else you wanted to bring up or talk about? Uh, not a whole lot. If uh, any fellow Wyoming travelers are listening or something or interested in the organization, um, feel free to check us out. Um, we have a website, my numbers on there. Um, there's numbers for every director and the president, vice president. We'd, uh, you know, if you have any questions or anything, we'd love to help you out and just, uh, yeah, keep going and good luck. (laughs) Hey, all right. Well, thanks very much for, for being on. We appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it too. Thank you.